Lord, I'm hurting. I'm confused. I'm angry. I don't understand why this happened. This is my sanctuary, my church, but it has scarred me. This is the place I found mercy, but now I feel empty. It's hard to forgive. It's difficult to understand why you would allow this to happen to me. And yet, in spite of all this, I know you have a plan for my life. I love you. I trust you. I still believe in you. I still am holding on to you. Help me forgive. Help me let go. Help me take the higher road. I'm getting back up from these scrapes and bruises. Through all of this, I know you are good. Well, good morning, everybody. How are we doing out there today? It's good to see each and every one of you. And I want to look into the camera this morning and say a big hello to anyone and everyone that's watching online, whether it be now or later on during the week. Welcome to church. Come on, Heartland family, help me welcome all of them to church today. And if you have those message notes, go ahead and grab them right now. And if you don't have one and you want one, the ushers will uh, make sure to bring those around. So just raise your hand and they'll get that to you. A couple quick things uh, while uh, we're getting ready here in just a second. A summer blast uh, takes place here in just a few weeks away uh, for all of our kiddos this summer. It's a Monday through Wednesday, June 13th. Uh, through 15th. You can learn more at theheartlandchurch.com forward slash summer blast, and it'll be a great time for all your kiddos. Today is step three uh, after the 1130 experience. For those of you who are joining our faith family and and jumping in with us, uh, it's your next step, and that's following the 1130 a.m. service. And then I want to just briefly mention this, that this was a team, uh, the Spanish translation team was a team that we were getting ready to launch right before COVID and then uh, COVID happened and we were like, you know, I don't, I don't think we should try to add another team uh, to the mix right now. Well, we're back and we're ready. And so uh, if you speak Spanish, uh, if you're fluent in Spanish and would be interested in uh, being a part of our interpretation team uh, that will be uh, leading and people will be able to pop in headphones or, or actually working on getting a, a Spanish stream uh, online uh, for people to watch. Uh, so we want you to do this, take the step, email us at info at theheartlandchurch.com. You can just type a simple sentence, I want more information about the stream team uh, for the Spanish translation, and we'd love for you uh, to be a part of that. And uh, Joe, I see that jersey today. Might I just say, go Mavs and go Stars, everybody. Uh, it's gonna be a good day. We're starting a brand new series today called Church Hurt. And uh, this one's been pretty anticipated uh, in my heart for a long time. I'll talk about that more in just a moment. But if you study the New Testament for very long, it is very hard to get away from the passion that Jesus has for his church. In fact, he uses, when talking about the church, all sorts of different metaphors to describe his passion for it. He calls it the bride. Uh, he calls it the body of Christ. Uh, in one scripture, he says it is the people that are drawn uh, from darkness into a marvelous light. That's referring to life within the church. And when he talks about it, 
it is very apparent that it's God's plan for humanity. He talks about the church as if it is revelation of God's wisdom uh, and his splendor. And he, he declares that it is beautiful and, and that is, it is pure. And I would say that many of us in this room today have experienced it and it has been exactly that to us. Uh, we have experienced purpose and it's been through a church that you found health. Uh, for some of you, it's been through a local church that you found freedom, you found wholeness, you found life, you found passion. Come on, how many of you have ever said this? Uh, that, man, when I came that day, the pastor preached a message that was exactly what I needed at that moment. Anybody ever felt that way? And it didn't have to just be me. It could have been anyone, really. In fact, for some of you, it's probably been more Pastor Dan. Uh, let's be honest. But uh, it was exactly what you needed at that particular day. I love the church because each and every Sunday, it's a day where generations gather. Sometimes I'll look out and I'll see three generations of a family all worshiping Jesus together. It's been through a church that we found community. And some of you would even say, it's not just a church, it's my church family. It's a word that we would use. And we look forward to church with, with great joy. And man, when the church is working and when it's firing, I'm gonna tell you, I have seen some amazing things. I have witnessed people get healed. I, I have seen uh, addictions broken off of people's lives. I have seen uh, children that have been built and have thrived and have come to love God. I've seen marriages changed because of God working through the local church. I've seen hope restored. Anybody in the room feel that today, like you've been in that kind of a season? And, and come on, when you walk in the door, there's, there's hugs on Sunday morning. You know, you'll look out, there's, there's, there's people crying with those who are experiencing loss. I've seen the church rally around people who are walking through sickness. And there's so much good, and, and there is so much allure, and there is this massive commitment. And it's people, not, not just people, but Man, these people are, are like family, some people would say. But like many things, there appears to be this other side of the church that just often, for whatever reason, it sort of goes untouched and untalked about. And the problem is, is that some people have had a very different experience than the experience that I just described. In fact, there's some people, maybe you're watching today or maybe somebody coerced you to coming here today and you would say, you know what, my, my version isn't like that. In fact, my story feels opposite, but you dare not say anything, it's God's church. <laughs> so you don't challenge it, you just kind of wipe yourself off, off the floor, but come on everybody, it's there. Yeah. And underneath the surface of your heart, there's something that that happened that hurt you. And right there, underneath the surface of your heart are, are the kinds of stories that we dread, the kinds of stories that we wish we didn't even have to broach. Things like I went to a church where I committed a sin that I privately confessed to my leader, but it was shared with others who began gossiping around about me. So I left. I went to a church where I served for years, and when my family member got sick, no one cared or asked about them. I went to a church, but I had a different political party belief than everyone else, 
And I felt like people started to hate me for it. So I left. I went to a church, but found out the pastor was involved in inappropriate relationships with young girls. So I left. I went to a church that I thought was a good church, but there was a cool kids clique that my kids weren't included in. So my son got so wounded by it that he isn't walking with God today. I went to a church, but I found out that the church was using money irresponsibly and leaders were corrupt, so I quit. I went to a church, but several church members were racist and the leaders didn't include people of color, so I left. I went to a church and when I told them I was leaving, they completely abandoned me and shunned me, and it hurt. I went to a church, and a pastor leader that I loved was let go suddenly and disappeared with little to no explanation. I went to a church, and when I started to struggle with my faith, the church told me not to question God and had no compassion. I went to a church where they shoved religion and rules down my throat and told me I wasn't good enough unless I followed the rules. It's quiet. See, the truth is, is we could sweep all this under a rug and imagine it isn't real and never talk about it, but it's, it's there. So I want to look into the camera today and make a statement that's really important, and it's this, that church hurt is real. It's real. It's not imaginative. It's not made up. It happens in good churches. It happens in bad churches. It happens in healthy churches. It happens in unhealthy churches. It happens in godly churches. It happens in ungodly churches. And for some of you that are here today, it, it wasn't intentional. There was just a misunderstanding and, and, well, some expectations weren't met. Some of you were serving and, and you started to feel taken advantage of or, or somebody said something that, 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 that hurt you or, or maybe the church missed an important moment in your life. Not intentionally, but for others, come on, you'd say it was intentional. Somebody meant to hurt you. Somebody gossiped or, or there were some hypocrites or, or there was some spiritual abuse or, or someone told your business to someone else. Maybe it was a group of people that, that caused division or there, there was an affair or, or someone, I hate to even say it, but I know that it's real because I've talked to the people. Someone molested you or raped you from a church. And the question of this entire series, I guess, is just this, that what do you do when you feel like the greatest institution in the world fails you? Because whether it was intentional or not, it still cut deep. Because the church is supposed to be a place of healing, not hurt, a place of purpose, not pain, a place of grace, not gossip, a place of worship, not wounds. But come on, let's just be honest, sitting here today are hundreds of unique experiences. And if you and I sat down, and a couple of you in preparation for this series already have, with me and have told me some of the great hurt by church that you experienced, and as a result, it's affected you. 
And for some of you, it's affecting you now. In fact, I know people that, that haven't darkened the doors of a church for years because of things that they saw or things that happened. Or let me say it this way, maybe it's not you. Maybe you're like, this, this series isn't for me. Let me just tell you, maybe you feel hope-filled and healthy and fine. Praise God. But in this series, what my aim is then is to prepare you. <laughs> because there's one thing that I can guarantee if you choose to attend a church, you will experience. You know what that is? Is people. <laughs> and in this series, I'm going to talk about some stuff that I don't know, just to be real honest with you, I don't know that I've ever really heard anybody talk about. But I just sort of think, like, we need to talk about it. In fact, some of the things I'm going to teach you in this series, I'm going I'm I'm to teach you how to guard against hurt. I'm going to teach you how to spot healthy leaders and healthy churches. In fact, I'm going to do something that I can't even believe I'm doing. I'm going to teach you how to leave a church the right way. Because some of you in this place... We'll be gone soon enough. <laughs> and I guess that I guess my hope really for the series is that it that it goes beyond just a Sunday morning. My my hope is that maybe there's somebody that's watching online that sends it to a friend, that at some point it gets played back for someone in a season of their life where they're in real pain. You know, it's funny that church hurt surprises us. Because it's actually, I don't know if you know this, it's, it's really not new. In fact, you can find church hurt in the Bible. Did you know that? Like, like sometimes some of us see, you know, stuff in church that disgusts us. And we're like, oh, that's terrible. I wish the church could go back to the New Testament Acts church. You know, this is not the way they did it. I'm just going to tell you. I'm going to show you a few things here in just a second. You're going to be amazed. But if it disgusts you, I want you to know that all the way back to Jesus, you're not alone. It disgusted him. Even in like verses like Matthew 21, it says, Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, It's written, My house shall, not be, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. It was a church, and there were people that were stealing from other people. There were people that were taking advantage of other people, and Jesus saw it, and he got furious about it. And it not only was happening then, when that very first church started, it started happening in the early church in the book of Acts. Let me show you a few scriptures this morning. This is Acts chapter 6. It says, now in those days, when the number of disciples was multiplying... There arose a complaint, everybody, against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution of food. Now, most of the time when I've studied this verse, the emphasis has always been on the solution to the problem. How in the daily distribution of food, they found out that there needed to be a solution. So they came up with this methodology that helped them to begin to distribute. But when you pull back for just a second... And you just kind of start, what do we have here? We've got people disappointed. We've got people angry. We've got some unmet expectations. 
We've got frustration with leadership. We've got arguing. And when all of that started happening, these early church leaders had to address it. In fact, Paul had to address church hurt with the Jews in Corinthians. Now, we all know these Corinthians, they were a little crazy at times. In 1 Corinthians, it says, you are still worldly, you church people. For since there's jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like just regular people act? Are you, for when one says, I follow Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? There was arguing, come on. There was jealousy, there was disappointment, there was disagreement amongst the people. There was drama. And they were arguing, well, I like Pastor Dusty's preaching better. Oh yeah? Well, I like Pastor Dan's preaching better. He sings at the end. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And James addressed this sort of thing as well. In fact, this first scripture right here, this is to just the Corinthian church. But James comes along later and says this is to all the churches. In fact, his letter is to the 12 tribes scattered abroad is the word that he uses. And look what he says in James 4. What causes fights and what causes quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Check this out. You desire but you do not have, come on everybody, so you kill. Excuse me? So you kill? What kind of church is this? You desire, but you don't have, so you kill, you covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and you fight. Some of you are like, maybe my church isn't so bad after all. (laughs) It gets worse. First Corinthians, it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that even the pagans do not tolerate. Even the world's like, bro. (laughs) A man is sleeping with his father's wife. And you're proud. Shouldn't you have gone into mourning and have put this man out of your fellowship, the man who's been doing this? This just took a weird, nasty turn. There's sexual sin and people in the church are like, yo, Aaron, I just heard about your stepmom. You go, boy. That's jacked up. And the church was rampant with this. This is not the 21st century church. This is the first church. I want to read one more verse to you. This is the Apostle Paul talking. Greatest New Testament voice in the entire Bible. He writes this. He says, do your best to come to me quickly. He's writing to Timothy. He says, for Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia. Titus to Dalmatia. To pick up a Dalmatian. (laughs) That was really bad. I apologize. (laughs) Alexander the metal worker did a great deal of harm to me. The Lord will repay him for what he has done. You too should be on your guard against him. 
because he strongly opposes our message. At my first defense, no one came to my support. Everyone deserted me. As a pastor, this speaks to me. People had deserted Paul in his church. There were people in Paul's church that had caused him great harm. I'm like, Lord, if it happened to Paul, okay, Lord, who's it going to be? You know what I mean? It was real. There was drama. And the Bible is filled with these moments that uncover that church hurt existed even then. So, so what do you do with it? And over the next few weeks, I'm going to try to help you with that. And there's no way that I'm going to be able to solve this entire tension today. Today, I just want to create the tension and then give you a few thoughts. But over the next few weeks, I want to help you. Now, the goal of this series isn't to stroke your wounds. Okay, we could sit here and we could talk all day long about all the details and all the things that happened and everything that goes on. But honestly, those things aren't important right now. What's important is that some of you and some of us have, have let that pain cause us to get stuck. And so I guess I'm here to try to help you get unstuck. And, and I wish that I could tell you that I've not experienced that much church hurt, but come on, I have. I have. My, my family has. I've had real pain. I've had people let me down. I've had pastors that have not met my expectations. There have been misunderstandings. There have been arguments. There has been confusion. In fact, one of my early memories from my teenage years, I'll never forget it as long as I live, is walking into my parents' house and finding my dad sitting on his couch, weeping like I have never seen him weep because of a, a meeting that he had just had with some church people that had accused him. And, and I just... I remember sitting by him and just holding him as he just wept. And whenever that kind of stuff happens in our life, we react in different ways. You know, some of us, some of us start to search, try to find, you know, is this God, is this not God? Some of us dismiss the legitimacy of church. We tear down, there's this thing that's happening in church right now amongst young millennials and even younger than that called deconstruction. We'll talk about that over the course of this series. There's blame. Some accuse. Some get really mad. Some go into a hole. Some get on Facebook. But here's the temptation, I think, in every situation of church hurt. The greatest temptation whenever you get hurt by church people or by a pastor or by a church is to bow out and to never approach God or church the same way again. We make these inner vows oftentimes to ourselves where we'll say, you know, I may, maybe I'll go, but I'll never serve. I'll never really be a part. I'll never really live in community. I'll never really re-engage. I can never truly trust and love the church and the people that are in it again. And here's what I want you to know today. I want to help you. I want to help you heal and get whole and to re-engage with a belief again. Like I want you not just to believe in God, but to believe in God's church again. 
And the reason I'm even doing this series in the first place is there's a lot of Christians that I know that have been wronged by a church or by a friend in a church or someone did something in the name of God that God would never associate with. And so as a result, they're just, if we're just honest, can say it like it is, they're just super bitter. And so as a result, they're, they're out of the game, they're sitting at a Starbucks somewhere, they're griping about the church, embedded in their grief, so tainted that they can't even be of any use. Because as long as you live out of the pain of your yesterday, you can never step into your tomorrow. And the reason I'm doing this series, if I'm just really honest with you, the reason I'm doing it is because I'm tired. I'm tired of seeing some of the best souls of my generation wandering aimlessly thinking that they can never return home again. I'm here to declare that there is a place at the table for all of God's people, and I want to see you whole and redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, everybody. So there was this dorm director. His name was James. He was over this one particular dorm, and he was hanging out in his room one day, and he got a text message on his phone. It said, 911, come to the sports complex right now. So James jumps up. He realizes this is an emergency situation. He runs over to the sports complex. He gets into the lobby. And when he gets into the lobby, there is a woman that is bent at the waist. She is covering her face and she is screaming, oh God, oh, and she's just screaming. James runs up to the woman to find out what's wrong. He's bent over. He's trying to help the woman. All of a sudden he feels somebody poking him in his chest from behind. He turns around. There's a man. That's poking him in his chest. He comes out of nowhere. He says, I'm going to sue you. I'm going to sue you. I'm going to sue your mother. I'm going to sue this university. You hear what I'm saying to you? You are done. You hear me? You are done. And he is freaking out, doesn't understand. And right in that moment, he notices out of his corner of his eye, tucked in the background, is this little boy, probably seven years old, named Timmy. And Timmy is just screaming and crying. He is uh, just engulfed by his pain. He runs over. James realizes that Timmy's right arm is swallowed up by a candy machine. His shoulder has been jammed up. He's trying to break his arm out, but in somehow, as he has tried to put his hand up in this candy machine, it has sliced his arm, and his arm is bleeding. And so now the shirt is, is covered in blood, and every time that Timmy tries to pull his arm out, that more blood comes, literally, you can see it, and blood is running down his arms. So James reaches, runs over, and he's reaching his arm up into the machine, and he's trying to get Timmy's arm free. And in the background, the woman's, ah, she's screaming, and the man's, I'm going to sue you. And he's doing all this stuff, and right there in that moment, that's when he sees it. And his mom is screaming, and his dad is threatening the lawsuit. James looks into Timmy's eyes. He looks at him very calmly, and he says, Timmy, look at me. Let go of the Snickers. <laughs> and as Timmy let go, mom and dad became very quiet. As very gently and quietly, James pulls Timmy's arm through the machine. See, what Timmy refused to let go of was keeping him stuck. And the reason I tell you that story is because of this, that what you refuse to let go of will be the thing that keeps you stuck. Because all church has one thing in common. It's a poisoned soul that must be healed of bitterness and toxicity. 
And my conclusion today is that it doesn't matter how big or how small or how petty, whatever it is, the danger of church hurt is the same for everybody. You are in danger of living living a tainted life of smallness and pain. In fact, I would say this, that when it comes to your church hurt, your pain is either a jail that's going to imprison you or a school that's going to empower you. And if I could just give you a couple of thoughts this morning as we set up for what we're going to talk about over the next few weeks, what I want to say first is just a few practical, what we could say is responses to the hurt that you have right now. The first one is this, is to stop running from God and start running to God. Now listen to you, listen to me, I mean, everything in your mind will tell you in the midst of church hurt, God, you let me down because of this. Why, why did you let me down? In fact, there are some of you that are watching today, you, you were curious, you saw it, you said, I'm going to tune in, I'm just going to check this out. Something, it pricked a nerve with you. And in your life, something happened with a church or with church people, and you gave up. Paul made that statement. He says, Demas deserted me. That's where he was. He deserted me. He, he left me. How, how do you feel, Paul? He said, I feel deserted. Some of you in this room today, you feel deserted. Some of you feel hurt. And I want to do something this morning that I think is really important. I want to acknowledge that for a moment today. I want to be real honest as I was thinking about this message. And I want to say that I wish I could tell you that over the last 20 years of ministry, I, I really don't have very many regrets. But I do. You know, 20 years ago, Kendra and I set out to help people. And to be honest with you, we've tried to do it the right way. There's been no embezzlement, there's been no affairs. There's been no abuse, yet I know, I know that over 20 years of ministry, Heartland Church has hurt some people. In fact, I know that people inside of Heartland Church have hurt people. And I, I pray it wasn't intentional, but I know that in a few cases, there were people that hurt other people and it was intentional. I, I know that some of the decisions that we've made as a church have hurt people. I know that there have been people in times of need that we have failed. And like we've tried our best, but, but come on, it's happened. And if that's ever happened to you, I just want to hear, I want you to hear me say to you today, I'm sorry. If you're watching today and Heartland Church has hurt you, I'm sorry. Listen to me, friend. I want to take it a step further. On behalf of every pastor, on behalf of every church member, if it was another church, if it was somebody who did something to you in the name of God that God would never associate with, I want you to hear me say to you today, I'm sorry. Listen to me, there are people that because of what they've done, they haven't said anything. And I need you to know that they, they may and probably never will, if we're just honest. But because of that, you've said, I don't want to have anything to do with God. 
I, I need you to hear me say to you today that as long as you continue to push God away, it's not going to get any better. <laughs> Blaming God isn't hurting his feelings. You're not punishing God. You're punishing you. And, and somebody here today needs to run to God. In fact, let me just say this today. Let me tell you something about God. Is he's actually better at repaying evil than you could ever be. In fact, Paul shows us that. He shows us, how do I respond? Alexander the metal worker did me a great deal of harm. I love the next line that he says. The Lord will repay him for what he has done. See, when you're in pain, one of the best things that you can learn to do if you want to last in church is to give it to God. Give your pain to God. Let God fight for you. Let God repay their evil. Because I'm going to tell you something. He will. In fact, look at Romans. Romans 12 says, don't take revenge, my dear friends. But I want everybody to say these two words that are highlighted with me together. But, come on, Sam Loud, leave room. Leave room. Leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Can I just say that? Say, say, we don't do a very good job of leaving room. Like, God, I, I might let you squeeze in, but I'm going to take care of this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just in case you don't. <laughs> Run to God. Run to God. That is the first step. Anytime you're in pain, anytime you're going through this internal, this, this strife, this disagreement, this conflict, whatever it is that causes you to feel like you want to throw up inside, run to God. Let me give you the second one. It's that whenever you're in hurt, then, then you have to take the steps to grow, everybody. That's what this series is going to help you with. We're not just going to just sit here and just talk about your pain the whole time. We're going to help you grow. In fact, I love what George Whitfield said, the, the, the famous uh, evangelist said, a man's suffering times are his best improving times. <laughs> in fact, it reminds me of the story where a guy fell in a pit. So he falls in this pit and he starts yelling for help. Help, help, he's laying in this pit. Help, somebody let me out of here. A doctor came, came by and he looks and sees a man in the pit. And so he writes him a prescription. Here you go. Takes it, tears it off and drops it in the pit and keeps walking. Help! The man's screaming as he leaves. Help, help! Well, then a priest walks by. Priest looks down and throws him or sees him in the pit. And so he looks down at him and he, what does he do? He prays for him. He says, Lord, I pray for this man who's in this pit right now, God. Help him right now. He walks off. He's still sitting there. Help! Somebody get me out! And all of a sudden, his friend Joe walks by and sees his friend down in a pit. Help! He goes, hey, what are you doing down there in that pit? And he says, I'm down here. I need somebody to help me get out. So Joe jumped into the pit with him. <laughs> he looks at Joe. He says, why did you just do that? Now we're both down here stuck in a pit. Joe said, yeah, but I've been down here before and I know a way to get out. So let's get out now together. I want to say this about churches. Too many churches try to write people prescriptions and offer up prayers, but we're not willing to get in pits with people. And what I'm here to tell you today is that's what we're going to do in this series. We're going to get down into the pit with you, and we're going to teach you how to get out of it. You want to know why? Because I've been through some church hurt. 
and I've made it through the other side. And now I can help some people. Did, did you know that when God's people hurt you, you, you can just start believing that God is just like his people? Well, if his people hurt me and they do things in the name of God, then that must be a representation of what God is. And let me just say this today. Unfortunately, the church doesn't always look like Christ. So you got to learn that. And then you got to take the steps to grow. And I'll tell you, I'm not smarter. <laughs> I'm not holier. I just think Kendra and I have been in some pits. <laughs> and we've learned and we've screamed a lot in the middle of them. So commit to this series and commit to taking the steps to grow in the midst of wherever you are. And here's the third step that I would just challenge you with today, and I'm getting ready to close, and it's this. Make the choice to take a step towards the church again. Let me tell you, the greatest challenge of church hurt is experiencing pain and not allowing yourself to get jaded and to try again. And I, I want to encourage you today. It'll be so worth it. But not will it just be worth it, but actually Jesus asks something of you. So we'll say, well, Dusty, I sit down with people at dinner or lunch, breakfast sometime. And they'll present a situation. They'll tell, and they'll say, tell me what I should do. What, what would you do? And what I always try to tell people is not what I would do. I try to tell them what the Bible asks them to do. And here's what the Bible says to you today in Colossians 3. It says, make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. See, oftentimes when we've been hurt by church, what we love saying is, well, you know what? And this is so common. I've heard this so many times. I'm gonna love Jesus. I will still love Jesus. I just don't wanna have anything more to do with his church. So I love God, I'm a Christian, but I don't love the church. And if you think that you can do this, you are deceived and you cannot love God. And I'll prove it to you. First John 4 says this, if someone says, I love God, but hates his brother, come on, everybody say it with me, he is a liar, he's lying. He's lying to others and he's lying to himself. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Listen to me. We cannot love God and hate his people. It is sin. And when we think that we love God, but we hate people, we're actually loving God so little that his people don't matter to us. So I'm going to teach you something about me. You ready for this? This is really important for you to know. If you want to have a friendship or relationship with me, this is something you need to know. If you're going to love me, you got to at least be pleasant to my wife. I'm just going to tell you, that's a deal breaker for me. Like, dog, Dusty, I want to hang out with you, but I can't stand your wife. I'm going to be like, well, I don't want to hang out with you then. See, because I'm wild about her. And you can't mistreat her and think that somehow you're going to be close to me. <laughs> if you're going to love Jesus, you're going to have to love what he loves. 
And he loves his church, everybody. He is wild and he is crazy about his church. What that means is that you're gonna have to make an allowance and you're gonna have to forgive. And it won't be easy. In fact, it'll be hard, but I'm here to tell you today, it's worth it. And I'll be honest with you, at the same time, church, same church, 37 years, a lot of pain. This church has been my lifesaver in some of the most difficult times of my life. And I believe in the local church. And I believe that God wants to heal your heart. And I believe he wants to do it starting today. I want you to close your eyes right now. Bow your heads. And today what I want to do is just simply issue a challenge to you. I'm not asking for you to go all in. The first thing I'm just asking you to do in this moment, first of all, Holy Spirit, would you speak this morning? Now, I want to know, I just want you to be really honest. With every head bowed and nobody looking around, this is, I say, normally say this is between you and God, this is actually between you and this pastor right here. If you're dealing with some church hurt, whether it be with a pastor or a church, or some people in a church, and for whatever reason, it has been affecting you. Would you just be honest with me right now? Would you just lift your hand and say, that's me. This message is talking to me. Come on, just lift your hand right now. Just say, that's me. I've got some pain. I've got some anger. I've got some difficulty, frustrations. Thank you. Okay, now put your hands down. In a moment, I'm gonna pray for you. Ask the Holy Spirit just to encourage you and strengthen you. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do, and you are the only one that knows this. But would you consider taking a step today towards Jesus? Maybe it's a step God's... In fact, here's what I think the Holy Spirit's going to do over this next week as you begin to pray about this. I believe he's going to talk to you about what to do believe he's going to talk and for some I think for every person that's probably different but he's going to talk to you about who to forgive or or what to let go of or a step that you need to take maybe you're watching online today and for whatever reason you just quit you quit coming you quit going quit making it a priority and the reason you did it was because of some pain Maybe the step that God is asking you to take today is repent or he's asking you to let go or he's asking you to re-engage. He's asking you to give him a shot, give him a chance, give his people a chance. Maybe there's someone that you need to forgive specifically. Maybe you've been venting about it to a lot of different people and the Holy Spirit's saying to you today, I want you to stop. I don't know what it is, whatever your step is, but I believe the Holy Spirit right now is gonna to speak to you and he's gonna to begin to talk to you about the step that you're gonna take because God wants to heal your heart. He wants you free. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus for every single person in this room that's walking through that place. Holy Spirit, it's impossible for me to speak on behalf of every church. and I can't do that. But what I can do is ask you to help us with this one. 
would you help this church, the people that are in it, to be the kind of people that truly represent you in everything that we do? Holy Spirit, I'm asking you right now to help us lay down disagreements. I know that there are some even in this room today, disagreements between brothers, disagreements between people that have worked together, disagreements between people who have uh, been on the same teams. I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that you help us to make your word come alive in our hearts, to begin to practice what we're talking about. Oh, Holy Spirit, over these next few weeks, I'm asking that you would give me the words to equip people for the times in their lives when they go through seasons, they go through moments where they put a lot of stock in what a pastor said or a person said or, or, and, and they feel that their heart has been so abandoned and they feel disillusioned or they feel let down. I'm asking you right now to help them. Help them in the middle of it, God. We just give every single word that's gonna come forth out of this to you. But today, Lord, do a work in their heart. And I speak that in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen. So over these next few weeks, I want you to go on this journey with me. I'm gonna talk to you about the seven-year cycle of churches and how that produces pain. I'm gonna talk to you about how to leave a church the right way. I'm gonna, just lots of great stuff that uh, we're gonna talk about as we go through this series together. I really think that it'll help you regardless of whether you're in a place of pain or not. Uh, but let's join together and let's see what God wants to do. And amen, everybody. Amen. I want you to stand with me all over the room today. Thank you so much for being a part. There's one last thing I want to mention to you today, and that is today is Baptism Sunday here at HC. On the third Sunday of every month, uh, we love to do baptisms. And so uh, if you've never been water baptized today, let me tell you a couple of things that you can do. Today, you can actually have a spontaneous baptism. We've got all the clothes that you need. They're here for you. Uh, our baptism team is ready. Uh, the water is ready. Like everything's good for you to do that. But if you, for whatever reason, don't want to do it today, then you can also schedule your baptism. In fact, our baptism team would love to get that on the calendar with you. And that could be an opportunity for you to bring friends and family to the next one. And so we'd love to help you as you walk through that today. Donna and Paul and our baptism team, they're right there in the net. They're in, in the lobby today. They're going to be out at the table today at our baptism table they would love to see you out there. Go talk to them. I promise you they're very extremely friendly people. Uh, they want to help you learn how to take your next steps. And remember that baptism is your going public step. It's you making a declaration to the world that, Jesus, I am following you and I, I want to follow you with my whole life, okay? And so I'd love for you to see you take that step. Uh, we're not passing offering buckets in this season, so if you want to give online, you can do that. There are also boxes that are in the hallways envelopes here in the seats and in different places always by those boxes as well. You can fill those out and drop it in there if you'd like to do that today. I'm so thankful for you. I want to say this really quickly. We are entering into the summer months here. I know we have graduations and I want you to hear your pastor tell you, I hope that you go on a vacation or you get away this summer. All right. Hear your pastor tell you that. Not many pastors will say that. Don't come to church every weekend. All right. I'm here to tell you, you need rest. It's good for your body. It's good for your health. 
It's good for your spirit. And so if that's you today, I just, I'm praying all summer long, find a weekend, find a couple weekends, get away, like, come on, get that white body, get some tan on it or whoever you are, you know, like however you tan, just do it. You know what I mean? And let your spirit be renewed and let God just speak strength to you. And we love you, church. From the bottom of my heart, I'm excited for each and every one of you. Let me pray a blessing over you. And then our team's gonna sing you out like they do every weekend. Father, we pray that the spirit of God goes with our church this weekend. Be with them in every sense of the word. Let their health, Lord Jesus, and their family and their, their finances just line up with your word. And we pray that disciples are made and that people are loved to life in Jesus Christ this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, say amen. Amen. I love you guys. Have a great Sunday. You're dismissed. Come on, let's sing them out, guys.